When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Wake Up Mission Show with your host, Shalene Nightingale and Randy D. Revolution, another week of the Wake Up Mission show, connecting the dots for liberty. Today's guest is my friend, the angry white male, Rick Basita, columnist, author, former Chicago radio host, and we will ask him, what exactly are you angry about? Tomorrow on the show, Melanie Davis, founder of Love Your Veterans, and on Wednesday, Frank Alonzo a coordinator for Campaign for Liberty. A great week of good Americans you won't want to miss. But what tyranny happened over the weekend? Are our guns ready confiscated? Are conservative organizations safe from persecution? Is the U.S. already under Sharia law? These questions and more will be discussed today here in the first hour. But first, I wanted to announce we are adding a new daily segment to our show, sports. <laughs> hey, we still must take time to enjoy life or we are doomed to perpetual depression. Plus, hey, my co-host with the most, Randy Dees, is a fan of sports and I thought it would be fun to hear his sports minute. Hey, Randy. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to your segment. Well, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it will be fun. Yeah. Now, now on to the mayday, mayday, mayday. We're sounding the alarm news. So while SNL was mocking gun owners. Whatever you're waiting for. Whatever you face. Whatever you're looking for, there are things we all share. Love. Family. Connection. A sense of purpose. And also... Gun. You like it? You, you 
guns are there. Wow. So whether you agree with uh, guns or not, was that, I don't know, that skit was over the weekend. Well, while that was uh, happening, California's dictator, Jerry Brown, signed into law SB 707, which was written by Democrat Senator Lois Woke, uh, a very self-pronounced socialist out of Davis, California. The new law will prohibit people with concealed weapon permits from carrying firearms on school and college campuses. Those with concealed permits are now no longer allowed closer than 1,000 feet from school campus. Well, now your children are safe. (laughs) Gun-free zones, which, of course, criminals with mental illnesses will obey. Right. (laughs) You know, in contrast, a liberty-leaning governor, boy, our producer, Natty, is so blessed she lives in this state, Greg Abbott of Texas, signed into law this past June, SB 11. This uh, law, the campus carry law, goes into effect August 2016. The law will allow properly licensed firearm owners to carry concealed handguns into most buildings on campus. But after Oregon and the Texas campus shooting, gun right oppressors on one campus in Texas, liberal Austin, of course, will be protesting with sex toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you heard it. Uh, gun, uh, gun right oppressors will be protesting with sex toys. Their event, hashtag is the ever so tag, Cox, not Glocks, more than 4,100 people had unfortunately signed up to participate by this morning. The uh, quote-unquote quote, quote, strap-in will occur on August 24, 2016, which is the first day of next year's fall semester, and of course also the month that the new SB11 goes into effect. Well, so I guess pushing for sexual immorality sexism and rape is so much better for society than protection against rapists, mentally ill criminals, and a militarized police state. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's much better. (laughs) Yeah. And even though Roseburg, Oregon residents told Obama, please do not come to their community, well, he declined, politicizing his visit this past Friday. Obama met Friday with some survivors and family members of those killed in the attack at Umqua Community College in Roseburg, Oregon. The Black Lives Matter supporting gunmen who seemed to hate Christians killed nine before killing himself. This is what Obama had to say at the end of his visit in Oregon. I've got some very strong feelings about this because when you talk to these families, you are reminded that this could happen to your child or your mom or your dad or your relative or your friend. And so we're going to have to come together as a country to see how we can prevent these issues from taking place. Hmm. Uh, How about an, an unfortunate event? Yes, Randy. 
Well, I was going to say, how about shutting down Big Pharma and all their uh, antipsychotic right. poison? Exactly, you know, it, which is something we should be talking about. I absolutely agree. Well, this is what the Washington Post reported, Randy. They said that the White House is considering executive action that would compel <laughs> background checks for individuals who buy from dealers who sell a significant number of guns each day. Dealers who exceed a certain number of sales each year. I didn't know that there was a sales cap quota, but apparently there is going to be, would be required to obtain a license and perform background checks. Hmm. Attention, oh. Jerry Brown and Austin and Obama. These killing sprees happened on gun free zone campuses. Right. <laughs> and don't let, you probably don't let truth yes, get Randy. in the way of a good argument. Right, exactly. And you probably didn't see it on your controlled mainstream propaganda network, but this past Friday in Roseburg, the silent majority spoke up for gun rights and against Obama's cynical uh, policies of the Umpqua Community College tragedy. And in rare form, I actually found a really good clip. Actually, it's pretty fair and balanced uh, from NBC. Here it is. Good evening. It's never an easy role being comforter-in-chief, but never have we seen such a mixed reception in a grief-stricken city as the one President Obama got today as he visited with families of victims of last week's Community College massacre in Oregon. On the same day, there were two more shootings on college campuses in this country. Pro-gun advocates in Roseburg, Oregon, some with guns, came out to protest the president's visit. And to make it clear, he was not welcome. NBC News national correspondent Miguel Almaguer is there. Protesters lined the streets, some well-armed in this open carry state. The president here to meet privately with families of the victims. Nine were killed here by a gunman who opened fire inside a writing class at Umpqua Community College last week. The visit comes just hours after two people were shot and killed this morning on college campuses in Arizona and Texas. We're going to have to come together as a country uh, to see how we can prevent these issues from taking place. Uh, but today, it's about the families, uh, their grief, and the love we feel for them. The president came here to comfort, but the visit brought this timber town to the center of the national gun control debate. He's here for a gun-grabbing agenda, and, and you know, our, our town is in mourning. As the motorcade passed before them, some accused the president of pushing his own gun control agenda to expand background checks for gun buyers through executive order, going around Congress. Presidents are supposed to protect liberty, uphold and defend the Constitution. It's clear that he doesn't respect that. Roseburg has heard the argument before. In 1968, Robert F. Kennedy campaigned here. The senator heckled as he pushed for tougher gun laws. Now, does that make any sense that you should put rifles and guns in the hands of people who have long criminal records, of people who are insane, or people who are mentally incompetent, of people who are so young that they don't know how to handle rifles and guns? Ten days later, Kennedy was killed by a deranged gunman. Beyond the politics, this heartbroken town is mourning. If anything we come out of this, it's everybody feels a lot more close knit. They're coming together to mourn and to heal. In a country divided over guns, this community is united in remembering those who are gone.
Today and this weekend, the memorial and funeral services will begin for some of the victims. Meantime, on Monday, the community college just behind me will resume classes for the first time since the shooting. Lester. All right, Miguel. So, yeah, that was NBC, pretty fair and balanced. So are the status correct? If we want no more violence and death, should we give up our guns? Randy, your thoughts on this very important issue. Well, this is the way I see it. The, you know, as as the Luciferians like to say, uh, you, <laughs> you know, with uh, Obozo care, well, it's, been, it's the law now. Get used to it. Well, guess what? The Second Amendment's been the law for uh, 200 and almost 40 years now. Get used to it. And, you know, I've been countering propaganda from oh, one of the liberal birdcage lining rags called the Charlotte Disturber. Well, it's the observer. I saw people, that. People in the know call it the Disturber because <laughs> of their um, United Nation views. And uh, every time I post on there, it, it doesn't take them long to delete my comments. And I can't believe how brainwashed and idiotic people are. You know, it's real simple. You don't want guns, don't buy them. But don't uh, tell the rest of us what we can and cannot do. Um, and as far as, you know, the well-regulated militia, well, George Mason said it is the people. And I think I quoted that last week at some point, mm -hmm. but, um, yes. you know, all Americans, whenever this clown posing as a president shows up in your town, go protest and throw eggs and tomatoes at his motorcade. Let him know he's not <laughs> welcome and nobody's buying it. And, and, you know, and I, I want to, um, real quick expound on something we talked about last week. And it's a quote from John F. Kennedy. I don't have it in front of me, but it was something I thought about after the show. I was like, I should have said this, uh, but th this is the way it, th this is, this is no lie. And this is the reality of the world we live in when peaceful revolution or, or those who make peaceful revolution impossible, make violent revolution necessary. So just keep that in mind, uh, especially you NSA punks that are listening to this broadcast um, we talk about the Constitution a lot. Why don't you clowns uh, take a few mm -hmm. minutes out of your busy day and read the freaking Constitution, you bunch of Stasi thugs? <laughs> well, speaking of the Constitution, let's be reminded of what Thomas Jefferson's warnings were. This is what he had to say. The laws that forbid the carrying of arms are laws of such a nature. They disarm only those who are neither inclined nor determined to commit crimes. Such laws make things worse for the assaulted and better for the assailants. They serve rather than to encourage than to prevent homicides. For an unarmed man may be attacked with greater confidence than an armed man. And if you think our politicians, my friends, do not know what Jefferson knew, well, Randy and I have some swampland for sale. So No, no, it's beautiful beachfront property. Quit calling it swampland. It's beachfront property. It's That's gorgeous. Right. Forget That's what by it the is. lease, by Nebraska. <laughs> there you go. So 
I say this, as long as the military, politicians, law enforcement, bodyguards, FBI, CIA, and the mentally deranged criminals own guns, I will do the same. How about you, Amen. Randy? All Amen. Right. You you, clown, you you punks in California might have took, taken some of my guns, but you didn't get all of them. And you got a world of hurt coming your way, um, and it's going to be uh, well, well. I'm not going to give it away. It, it, they've got a world stop, of hurt coming. Why don't we Why don't we stop there? And how about all of you listening? We would like to know your thoughts on the Second Amendment and other issues. So please write to us at the staff at thewakeupmissionshow.com or simply share your comments on our Facebook or Twitter pages. So next, if you are a libertarian, conservative, and or a Christian organization or individual, do you still have the freedom to express your voice? Well, we all know about Lois Lerner and the IRS, but now, the California Attorney General, statist Kamala Harris, wants to use her office to threaten conservatives that donate to nonprofits she does not like. Groups like tax limitation organizations, how about crisis pregnancy centers, and any group that opposes larger, more intrusive government. How does Kamala do this? Well, she is demanding a list of donors. Then she makes it public to her, well, radical friends. And, of course, what do they do? They start harassing the donors, their families, and businesses. We clearly saw this happen here in California with the marriage proposition eight. Groups and public individuals like former Mozilla Firefox founder and CEO Brandon Ike, who was terminated from his for his donation of Prop 8. Well, one organization tried to fight back the Center for Competitive Politics versus Kamala Harris. It's a challenge to the authority of California Attorney General to demand all donor information from any charity that registers with the state. Naturally, Randy, of course, the most communist circuit court in America, the Ninth, they favored Harris. Should not be a shock to anybody who pays attention. Here's what David Keating from CPP had to say. We are disappointed by the Ninth Circuit Court's decision. We think the decision is wrong and threatens First Amendment speech rights. The ruling asks us to make an impossible choice, either retroactively disclose donors to the Attorney General or cease asking Californians to support our work to defend free speech. We intend to seek review of this opinion, ultimately, the Supreme Court may need to reaffirm its long-standing view that people can join groups without reporting their activity to the government, especially for educational purposes. Unless the state can provide a specific and powerful reason for insisting otherwise, it gave no such reason in its brief. We are confident, he concluded, that when the litigation is complete, the privacy of our donors 
will be protected and we can continue to speak to Californians about why they should support our work. So, Randy, we shall see see what happens with the not-so-constitution-minded current Supreme Court. However, Randy, there this is interesting to note, there is a Supreme Court precedent covering this. Uh, back in 1958, there was a case known as the NAACP versus Alabama. Now, in that case, Randy, a state was harassing uh, the civil rights organization for what was technically a violation of the state's law. Well, the failure to hand over its membership list at the time. Well, thankfully, and I actually agree with this, the NAACP won that case, as though they should. Well, the main uh, way in which, Randy, this current case differs from the NAACP one is that uh, the organization's uh, being forced to hand over donor lists are not even accused of any technical breakage of the law. Uh, your thought, your thoughts on this one? Well, the, this night, this Ninth Circuit, I, I think it's three so-called judges. Um, you know, they they've been in my in my doghouse since they told the millions of us in California that voted for Prop 187 that our votes didn't right. mean anything. This court is irrelevant, and these three so-called judges need to be strung up and beaten and tarred and feathered. And um, you know, it's like you know, you, you, know, you, you three uh, so-called judges on the Ninth Circuit, you're fired. Clean out your <laughs> desk, <laughs> leave. I would like um, to, in Trump's words, and that, that, even. And that and that Kamala Harris, you know, that, that lady. I, I believe she. I believe she's actually worse than Moonbeam. I mean, she's got. Uh, she is, you know. Again, you know, it's really hard to 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 be critical of individuals when you know you're a Christian, uh, but that's what the founding fathers told us to do. When you're in politics, you're at a different standard, and right. we are to judge you and keep you accountable. I mean, that's what liberty is all about. And, um, you know, you know, we sit here, we do, we criticize Obama, but hey, if Bush was still in office, we'd be criticizing him too. We are an equal yeah. opportunity yeah. show here. We're neither, we're independent voters. Uh, you know, we lean conservative, obviously, uh, being Christians, but uh, we're for limited government. Uh, but I think, uh, uh, honestly, Kamala uh, is worse than Obama. Uh, oh, I really yeah. do. Uh, yeah, I spoke. Like- She's, she's, like she's, Val- like, she's like the Valerie Jarrett of California. Uh, yes, yes, very much so on steroids. I actually spoke at the same event at her as her when uh, you know, back in 2010. And what was really frightening, I got up there and I spoke about liberty. You know, I had right. a few people, a few. I mean, the crowd started to dwindle when, when I spoke. Um, it was sad. It was sad to see people not want to hear about liberty uh the few that did stay of course were enthused about what i had to say but then all of a sudden kamala who spoke after me comes up the crowd started getting larger and she was treated like a rock star and to see all those brainwashed youth it really was quite sad a couple of them came up to our uh, booth afterwards and actually we got them to thinking so uh because that's just it 
you can't indoctrinate people into communism if you actually give them a voice to speak and to debate. Anyway, remember this. Hitler's socialist Germany also did not allow for free speech and persecuted anyone against his beliefs and opinion. Regardless of what political party you support, is it really a free society if only one opinion or belief is accepted while all others mocked, fined, or persecuted? Anne Rand once wrote, the freedom of speech of private individuals includes the right to not agree, not to listen, and not to finance one's own antagonists. Now, now are we ready? Are we already under Sharia law? According to the Quran, forbidden to you for food are dead meat, blood, the flesh of swine. So Muslims abstain from pork, and now prisoners in the United States prison system will be forced to abstain from pork. Look, we at the Wake Up, Mission, Wake Up Mission Show do not advocate for special treatment for criminals. However, when Obama bans all pork to be allowed in prisons, questions indeed are raised. The ban started with the new fiscal year, which began just a week ago, October 1st, and is attributed by the Bureau to prisoners not liking pork. Allegedly, prisoners surveyed over recent years have found prisoners like pork least of all meats. I find that interesting because most people love bacon for breakfast. Anyway, they also said allegedly that this survey, uh, that besides the survey, that it was just too costly. And this is what Bureau Prison spokesman Edmund Ross had to say. And for good reason, the National Pork Producers Council was, this is what Dave Warner, their spokesman, stated, I find it hard to believe that a survey would have found a majority of any po- uh, population saying, no, I don't want any bacon. But of course, in contrast, the Council on American Islamic Relations praised the move. In fact, this is what their spokesman, Abraham Hooper, said. In general, we welcome the change because it's facilitating the accommodations of Muslim inmates. We hope it's not an indication of an increasing number of Muslims in the prison system. Hmm. I have to agree with that one. But the last statement there, I don't want an increase of Muslims in our prison system because that's a means an increase in the United States. But worthy to note, non-pork options have long been available in the prison system to observant Jews and Muslims who can't eat pork products for religious reasons. Now, according to reports, Islam is described as the fastest growing religion in the United States. Of this increase include so-called refugees arriving from Muslim countries, including India, Pakistan, the Middle East, and the list goes on. In addition, many individuals in 
the United States are converting to Islam. This is particularly true among African Americans and more recently Latinos. Although there are no reliable statistics as, as far as the prison system goes, estimates suggest that 35 to 40, 35,000 to 40,000 inmates convert to Islam each year. And nationwide, uh, it is estimated that 15% of the U.S. population uh, in the prison system is Muslim, or as much as maybe 350,000 current inmates. So Randy... Uh, even though that's a pretty high, healthy number, 15%, that is not the majority of the prison population. And no, since not at they, all. Since they had already uh, alternative food options, uh, why then would pork be banned? Well, now, uh, it's probably a, a, a bit of you know, the creeping Sharia, but also in the prison system and the, the jail system, there a lot, there's a lot of mystery meat. Uh, and I, I'm not joking. Oh, wow. And oh, it's, it, it mainly is ostrich and it, it's God awful. It's horrible. Uh, so if you are in prison or in jail, I really feel for you if, uh, you know, your only source of nutrition is, what's being served if you don't have money on your books to to buy commissary where you can you know get you know decent you know decent uh food well you know randy i'm gonna i you know i'm gonna say something here the fact that you just said there's a lot of mystery meat then that makes it even more curious why prisoners would prefer mystery meat over pork now we've discussed on this show the many Muslims within Obama's administration, including Fatima right. Noor. She is the assistant director for U.S. Citizenship and Immigration. And as uh-huh. we know, Obama did attend a Muslim school in his youth and has admitted, even if it was a mistake, uh, which they claim it was, his Muslim faith, which he did live on TV during uh, a interview with George Stephanopoulos. What I was suggesting, you, you are absolutely right that John McCain has not uh, talked about my Muslim faith, and you're absolutely right that that has not Christian come faith. My, my Christian faith. Hmm. And according to the website Sharia Law in America, Sharia Law is now at phase three here in the United States, which includes the teaching of Islam in the public school system. Now, Obama still has yet another year in the Oval Office. Will his jihad continue? Will America be in phase one of Sharia law by the end of his term? What do you think, Randy? Well... I really hope not, and I, I would hope that people would uh, actually, you know, get out from behind their commuter com- commuters <laughs> computers <laughs> and turn their TV off, and um, uh, you know, take some kind of tangible 
action to ensure that uh, this uh, death cult does not gain a foothold in this country, because that's what it is. Islam is a death cult. It is not a religion, period. You don't like what I'm saying? I don't give a shit, because I'm telling you all the, the truth. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of memes that, that I saw going around on social media today, which in one I posted on my own Facebook timeline because I thought it was really cool. And I'm no big fan of uh, Vladimir Putin. I think the guy, you know, he's he's a pretty shady character, but um, <laughs> he's he is, you know, he, he actually is doing something tangible in the Middle East as far as ISIS, as far as we can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he's, you know, they're bombing the hell out of him. And they're they're probably blowing up. Uh, you know, it's so funny. Like the Gunwalker, Fast and Furious, uh, with uh, the former so-called Attorney General Eric Holder. Well, I'm imagine I I'm assuming that all this all the arms and ordnance that uh, the Russian um, military is blowing up is all stuff that Obozo and his Muslim administration gave to these clowns. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's your tax dollars at work there. You know, I mean, we didn't we didn't want our money going there, but that's that's where they did. You know, it's like uh, what's that comedian's name? Uh, shit, Chris Rock. You don't pay taxes; they take taxes, and they they have no accountability where uh, the money goes. So, Amen. Uh, well, now um, I we say rise up. Now we've got a few headlines. Mayday headline briefs. Number one, parents are standing up against Common Core, at least in Thousand Oaks, California. The Pacific Justice Institute has filed documents with the court showing that the school system did not comply with California law, requiring it to tell parents that they could opt their children out of the controversial Common Core testing. Brad Dacus from the the president of Pacific Justice Institute commented, School districts cannot keep parents in the dark about their rights to opt their children out of Common Core testing. If school districts think they can get away with violating these clear uh, requirements, they are pretty mistaken. I say bravo and still encourage parents who are listening to this show to consider homeschooling as an option. Number two. The million, uh, the million Man March number two was this past Saturday. However, the crowd was younger and less dense than it was 20 years ago and mostly just black men. Although there were tens of thousands in D.C., considering the political climate today in the Black Lives Matter movement, it was an underwhelming turnout. Although our show <laughs> does not normally agree with Farrakhan and his political or religious views, Randy, I must say, I did agree with these following two statements. The Chicago-based Muslim leader said the following. Number one, you should never call a woman a bitch. Get that word out of our language. I agree with him. And, you know, Randy, and, and, you know, I'm not, I don't listen to a lot of rap, but, you know, when you go out and about and somebody has their window rolled down it is really, uh, it's disgusting when you hear the lyrics to some of these rap songs that just totally degrade women. So it was good to hear him uh, say that, at least. And I also like this. Uh, he told women that they may have the right 
to decide what happens with their bodies. But it should be so, it would be so tragic if the next sitting bull was aborted or the next Martin Luther King or Jesus was just flushed away. Farrakhan said his own mother tried to abort him three times unsuccessfully. And Randy? I actually can agree and support those two messages. Uh, number three in, in headline tidbits and related news over the weekend, NAACP uh, President Benjamin Jealous reported a statement he made on Meet the Press two years ago. And, and then over this weekend in an interview in regard to the march on CNN, uh, he said that black lives were worse under Obama, specifically with higher unemployment rates so you know here's a clip of him from a couple of years ago on meet the press the world is washington playing that yeah look we know how to get out of tough times we got out of the great depression by investing in what we wanted to be as a country by investing in jobs rather than focusing on our fears you know i would push back and say that the big issues of this day also include marriage equality they include comprehensive immigration reform they include making sure that we lift all boats and right now, when you look at joblessness in this country, the country's back to pretty much where it was when this president started. Um, white people in this country are doing a bit better. Black folks are doing a full point worse when it comes to, you know, and so with this president having said to us, we need to invest in uh, strategies that lift all boats, now that some boats are clearly more stuck, the question is, will Congress join him in getting those boats unstuck too? Well, but the, but, the, but the question, Ted Koppel. In shocking news, number four, the U.S. military officer in charge of last month's hearing for Army Sergeant Verdahl has recommended he do not do any jail time. Verdahl's legal team says in a memorandum that was dated this past Friday, the legal team said it agreed with Lieutenant Colonel Mark Visker's conclusion that their client be referred to a special court-martial and receive neither jail time nor a punitive discharge. The recommendation, which hasn't been announced publicly by the U.S. military yet, is a significant development for Bergdahl, who in March was charged with desertion. Fire and misbehavior before the enemy. But Visker's recommendation apparently isn't the final say, some legal analysts are stating. Uh, in fact, one legal analyst said the case still has to go up to command where another decision will be made whether to accept the recommendation. Uh, for those, uh, just to refresh your memory, Bergdahl vanished in Afghanistan in June 2009 after deserting his unit. Authorities said he was captured by the Taliban. I don't believe he was captured. I believe he went willingly and held there for five years, I believe, willingly. Uh, U.S. Uh, uh, Obama uh, last year freed five Taliban members detained at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, in exchange for Bergdahl's release. Controversial prison swap was set up, of course, obviously a political firestorm. I'm with you, Randy. I, I was shocked. I actually we shouldn't be shocked. And I'm just wondering who who got to this lieutenant lieutenant colonel to 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 have such a recommendation. I agree with you. That no less than the firing squad. I mean, he deserted his troops, went to enemy territory, allied with the enemy. 
And right. Well, I that's just, what that's what they used to do. Um, and let's not forget all, all the people that went looking for his worthless ass, and the people that got killed yeah, looking right, for him. Right. He, he, exactly. he deserves a firing squad, and I, I imagine that lieutenant colonel that. Um, that that came up with that recommendations bucking for a promotion to a full yeah, colonel. Yeah, there's something going on. There's right. definitely something going on. And you, yes, you're right. Lives were lost. Now, around the globe, first in Germany, according to a classified document, the German government now estimates that Germany will receive as many as 1.5 million asylum seekers in 2015. Oh, my gosh. Including 920,000 in the last quarter of 2015 alone, with family reunifications. Where have we heard that one before? The actual number of asylum seekers could swell to more than seven million. Oh, for the love of God! I know. Germany's going to completely maybe maybe you know our guest who said that uh, that uh, she was the. the daughter of uh, Hitler, maybe it's true. German authorities now estimate that at least 290,000 migrants and refugees have uh-huh. entered the country without being registered. Uh, one confidential report leaked to Die Welt. I guess you would be able to say that, right? Not me. I'm not German. Uh, but this is what it said. The behavior of these highly delinquent youth toward police officers can be characterized as aggressive, disrespectful, and condescending. When they are arrested, they resist and assault police officers. The youth have no respect for state institutions. Now, in Berlin, a classified police report revealed that a dozen Arab clans hold reign over the city's criminal underworld. The report says the clans, which are dedicated to dealing drugs, robbing banks, and burglarizing department stores, run a parallel justice system. Of course they do. Sharia law. In which they resolve disputes among themselves with mediators from other crime families. If the state gets involved, the clans use cash payments or threats of violence to influence witnesses. Now, Andre Schultz, head of the Association of Criminal Police, uh, had this to say, for years the policy has been to leave the population of Germany in the dark about the actual crime situation. The citizens are being played for fools. Sound familiar, America? According to the president of the German police union in Berlin, or in the north of Duisburg, there are neighborhoods where colleagues hardly dare to stop a car because they know that they'll be surrounded by 40 or 50 men. These attacks amount to a deliberate challenge of the authority of the state attacks in which the perpetrators are expressing their contempt for our society. I have to say, wake up, America. Finally, a UK poll result showed 71 one percent. That's a huge number. Seventy-one percent support Vladimir Putin's bombing campaign in Syria, which is a blitzing, you know, large number of Islamic State-owned buildings and vehicles. The empathetic approval rating comes despite growing tensions between Russia 
and the U.S.-led coalition, including Britain over Putin's actions in the Middle East. Claims have been made Russia is predominantly targeting rebel forces against Syrian President Bashar al-Assad, who Moscow admits wants to prop up. Now that it is, you know, now that is, shall I say, uh, the May Day headlines sounding the alarm for this Monday. And now after this quick promotional break, Randy will be debuting his sports segment, followed by anything else he wants to say. Now, if you want to comment on any of the headlines today, again, just visit us on Facebook or Twitter, or you can email us at the wake up or excuse me at the staff at the wake up mission show.com and let us know uh tell us what you think i don't know randy seems like tyranny definitely set in more so over the weekend when we come back you'll be debuting (laughs) we will be right back hello this is randy dees thank you for tuning in to the wake up mission radio show an underground network connecting the dots for liberty. Join Shalene and I Monday through Thursday when we say what we want. But don't forget Music Revolution Fridays when we take a break from the news, have some fun, and play what we want. To learn more, go to www.wakeupmissionshow.com. Anyone that has watched anything to do with the National Football League over the last 30 years uh, should recognize that music. Uh, That's from NFL Films and one of my favorite all-time Super Bowl highlights, uh, uh, Super Bowl XIII. John Stallworth uh, caught a 75-yard touchdown pass from Terry Bradshaw, and Sam Spence remarks were this while the music was playing. Stallworth is from Alabama. There the locals say that he is like a blend of sipping whiskey and white lightning, smooth with a good, strong finishing kick. And I agree with that. And I could listen to that music all day. I'm not just a metalhead. I love NFL films music. But we'll go ahead and get some sports headlines in today. Uh, And the first one I've got, uh, it's really no surprise. Moonbeam Brown has signed a bill prohibiting the use of the Redskins' nicknames for teams affiliated with California public schools. And this will begin on January the 1st, 2017. And it's called the California's Racial Mascots Act. And it decrees that all public schools are prohibited from using the term Redskins for school or athletic team names, mascots, or nicknames. And the legislation claims that racially derogatory or discriminatory school or athletic team names, mascots, or nicknames in California's public schools is antithetical to the California school mission (laughs) of providing an equal education for all. Dear God. I I know. And uh, You know, my former high school did the same thing. We were the Warriors, and we had a really great mascot drawing. 
I mean, it was uh-huh. really a nice image. It was very honorable, and they removed it, uh, citing the same BS. It's <laughs> just wow. amazing. So We're this, rewriting this... the history of America. I, I know. It's just stupid. Um, <laughs> I, I can't believe it. Well, I can believe it. It's something that the California legislature cooked up, and Moonbeam was more than happy to sign it. And, well, you know, we'll go ahead and move on for that because that's not really sports news other than just stupid news. But (laughs) (laughs) if you're an Angelino, uh, you probably know this already, but uh, USC fired coach Steve Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian one day after he was placed on a leave of absence and and basically the rumor mill is that uh they they had a meeting with him he he went on he, he had a leave of absence and he showed up for a meeting and uh, apparently he showed up drunk and uh considering the way that the USC football team has played for the last month I don't blame him I'd show up drunk too so <laughs> Uh, they 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 let him go, and uh, they they say this isn't the first time. Apparently, Sarkeesian has had issues with alcohols in the past, and supposedly used some inappropriate language at a booster function in August. He probably said the word "redskins" or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, and uh, another, there there are some allegations uh, that they uh, from USC players that he drank and passed out on a flight back from Washington State. In a game from last year, and supposedly they some of the players took photos, and uh, they they believe he was drunk during the Arizona State game uh, this past September, and they say that he was drinking uh, Patron tequila after a Notre Dame game back in uh, last last year, actually. So I, I didn't see who's going to be replacing him. They, they're probably going to have another. Um, uh, you know, one of the assistant coaches probably going to step in until athletic director Pat Hayden can find um, a replacement for Sarkeesian. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, USC had a great football program, especially back when Pete Carroll was the coach. And it was basically, in my opinion, it was the closest thing to professional football we had in Los Angeles because UCLA sucked back in those days. <laughs> I I I've never liked UCLA. I've, you know, I've got a lot of reasons why I don't like them, and and their football programs. One, the main one is it was the birthplace of Mecha, but that's not sports related. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we'll move on. Uh, for, you know, sports in Los Angeles. Um, the NFL uh, appears set to move one or two franchises to Los Angeles in the next year or two. And uh, it looks like uh, they've narrowed it down to two. Uh, there for a while, there were three teams that were in the running, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Rams. Now, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, the city of Los Angeles is like that girlfriend that keeps getting dumped. The Raiders, <laughs> Al Davis, back in the 80s, he used Los Angeles and he sued the NFL and that's why the Raiders got screwed a lot by calls because the NFL had it out for him and it had it out for his team, you know, like the um, the tuck rule, you know, when they screwed the Raiders in the playoffs against the Patriots back in 2001. Well, the league's always had it in for Al Davis um, because he sued the league and moved the Raiders from Oakland to L.A. only to move them back to Oakland, I think it was in 95, and the Rams had left uh, for St. Louis. 
and uh, well, you know, the Chargers are in the running too because they're you know they're bucking for a new stadium. I guess uh, they're, they're I don't know what the name of that stadium is down there. It used to be called Qualcomm Stadium. Uh, they hosted a couple Super Bowls down there too. So right now it looks like um, what what they're and they're wanting to they're talking about building this in Inglewood. It's going to be an eighty thousand seat stadium with a retract, retractable roof and. It costs of around $1.86 billion, uh, and they, they they don't necessarily – they don't say where the money's going to come from. Uh, and this is from the Rams owners, uh, Stan Kronk, Kronke, or whatever his name is. Now, conversely, the Raiders and Chargers have jointly proposed a $1.7 billion open-air stadium in Carson. And I, I guess it would be in the area where they built the Home Depot Center, um, where where they used to have the X Games. Uh, I believe that was always the the um, the the spot because I guess there's still some open land there. I, I remember years ago going to uh, going to a Metallica concert there. It was in Rancho Dominguez. It was before they built that stadium. It's just this giant open field and. Metallica fight and um, suicidal tendencies played there, but that looks like who you're going to get saddled with. You know, my own personal thoughts are, I think that LA should just get an expansion team, you know, quit bringing these cast offs in because let's face it, the Rams were never an original LA team. Anyway, they came from Cleveland, the chargers, the, of the old AFL were in Los Angeles, then they bolted for San Diego. And, you know, the Raiders, they've come and gone. Why would you want them back? You know, I, you know, I, it's like uh, an ex-girlfriend, or actually, if you get back together with your ex, that's kind of like buying your own crap at a yard sale. So why would you, why, why would you want them back? You know, get an expansion team, one that is born LA born LA bred. That, that's that's my opinion on that. I mean, when you look at sports teams that originally are LA teams, let's see, you've got the Kings and the Ducks and the Angels. The Dodgers came from Brooklyn. The Lakers came from Minneapolis. The Clippers came from San Diego. Uh, who else? Uh, well, the Raiders and the Rams. We we've already talked about that. I, I tell them both to stick it. You know. Uh, you know, get an expansion team, get your own team, a homegrown Los Angeles team. Why do you want these teams coming back, LA? They, they're, they're, they'll stab you in the back again when they see a, you know, a, a shinier new stadium somewhere else. And that, that's just, that's just my thoughts on it. I, I wouldn't want them. I wouldn't want any of those teams. You know, because all it is is a stadium deal. They don't give a shit about Los Angeles, the people that live there, or nothing. All they care about is a shiny new stadium. That's it. Alrighty, and well, we've got more um, more Los Angeles sports news, and you know, it, it, and this is with uh, you know, hockey started last week, and I have sat up till one in the morning, twice, watching the Kings just uh, get the living daylights beat out of them, and it's been especially bad because they lost to the Sharks last week in the opening game. It wasn't even a game. And then a couple of days later, they lost to the Coyotes, two division rivals that just beat the living daylights out of the Kings. And I've got to question some of the uh, roster moves they've made. Yeah, I know, I know the, we know why they got rid of Slava Voinov. Hell, he got deported. He's back in Russia now for his antics. Um, 
Jarrett Stoll, you know, dumbass gets arrested in Las Vegas for having cocaine. He's off the team. And then Mike Richards. Oh, wow. And Mike Richards had, um, and it's not all, he, he got busted at the Canadian border with some oxycotton uh, or oxycodone, one of the two, um, not too long ago. And they, they released him, but they'd been looking to get rid of him for a while. But Richards has some injury issues, concussion issues. And so that's, that's why they got rid of him. But, you know, just looking at the, the team that's on the ice right now, I mean, you don't even have any good defensemen left. Hardly, uh, I mean, you know, Dowdy, he can't be out there. He can't, you know, the guy, he can't be out there the whole time. And, you know, Matt Green and Alec Martinez, you know, and Jake Muzzin, those guys are, you know, they're, they're really good, but they just don't have those bruisers anymore. And, you know, and I'm glad to see they finally brought Jeff Schultz up. You know, they bring him up, send him back, bring him up, send him back. I'm glad he's finally on the regular season roster. But, you know, my biggest beef is why they brought in Milan Lucic. This guy, he's a bum. Um, you know, he didn't do anything when he was with Boston, and now now we've got him on our team. Why? I don't know. So I've got to question those roster moves. And, you know, and it's showing up on the ice. I mean, you know, 0-2, you lose to the Sharks, um, 5-1, to lose to the Coyotes. You know, and the Coyotes, this team, they didn't even have – an owner, the NHL owned them for a long time before they actually got an owner. So they, it was almost like they weren't even a real hockey team for a while. And, you know, therefore, while Wayne Gretzky and some of his people owned the Coyotes and then they sold them. And so they're kind of like, hey, wait, you know, a barely, wait a minute, wait what? a minute, wait a minute. I have a question. Okay. Coyotes. So when are the PETA people going to come forward and say that it's disrespectful to have animal names? I, I know, right? Teams. Yeah, all <laughs> sports teams have have to change their names. They have to be the well. Let's see. You can't offend Coyotes. The Kings. That's offensive to Kings, so they'll have to change their names. <laughs> the Angels. Well, that promotes Christianity. Well, they'll have to change their name. Um, it's ridiculous because if you're a sports team and you're the Warriors or you know you know uh, the oh, Red Golden Kings, State, don't have to change their name. Yeah, this is. Um, this is, I mean, if it's sports, it's saying, hey, we consider, you know, uh, you know, Indians to be fierce. And that's why we've named it this, out of respect. So it's, right. it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not really into sports. I mean, you know, every now and then I do like to watch the scene, the Jackie Robinson movie. Uh, Harrison Ford's in it, and you can't even He's hardly recognizable. His his acting, his work is so good. It's a really great biopic, and I encourage people to look up Jackie Robinson and see what barriers he broke and what a good player he was, and he was a Christian. Uh, yeah, what a, he was a great a, ball player, you know. They, they, great they, ball player. You know, on top of everything else, the guy yep. could get the job done on the field. Right. Well, hey, I really love this new segment, Randy. And uh, I look forward to uh, hearing it every day. And, hey, did your team win over the weekend? Uh, I don't know what your team is, the Panthers, Jaguars. I don't I don't the know. Jaguars. But, oh, get a, wash yeah, but. your mouth out with soap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Panthers were, were off this week. They're in the bye week, and uh, they'll be going to your home, your old hometown next week. Um, oh, okay. And, and the 
Steelers and <laughs> Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks. Yeah, right, right, right. Bandwagoner there. Um, <laughs> uh, the Steelers and the Chargers are playing tonight, um, Monday Night Football. I mean, it's, I'm a lifelong Steelers fan, you know. And, yeah. you know, I like the Panthers, you know, hometown team and all that. And uh, so it's like, you know, luckily for me, Steelers are in the AFC and the Panthers are in the NFC, and very rarely do they play. When when they do play, I have a hard time picking who to, you know, <laughs> pick which team to fall for. And if they ever played in the Super Bowl, I would probably be the most miserable person on the planet. You know, hey, either way I win, either way I lose. You can look, hey, we're looking at it this way. One of your teams will win. Bob, 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 and with that lose. said. Uh, with that said, stay tuned to our second hour. We're going to ask my friend Rick, why are you so angry? Stay tuned. Stay tuned for the second half of the Wake Up Mission Show. Here at the Wake Up Mission Show, we want all of our listeners to be debt-free and financially free. We believe a free market system is best for the restoration of liberty. If you are tired of looking for a job in this hopeless market, or if you are struggling to pay your monthly bills, let us help. We have several income opportunities for you, which are tested and proven by our company, The Wake Up Mission, LLC. To learn more, go to our website, www.thewakeupmissionshow.com, and click on the Financial Solutions tab. I said, God, I hurt. God said, I know. God, I'm so depressed at times. He said, that's why I gave you sunshine. I said, God. God said, so did mine. Oh, God, mine was such a loss. He said, they nailed mine to a cross. He said, I know, did I not make you? The covenant is sealed, I'll not forsake you. You're not alone, I'm all around you. My glory is revealed, my love surrounds you, I know. I said, but God, your loved one lives, and God said, so does yours. I asked him where they are tonight, he said, be at peace. They are in my life. He said, I know, did I not make you? The covenant is sealed, I'll not forsake you. You're not alone, I'm all around you. My glory is revealed, my love surrounds you, I know. 
I heard God said My child I know Welcome back to the Wake Up Mission Show. That song was Ed Bruce, and most of you may know him as the singer-songwriter for Baby or Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys, a song that I like. One from one of actually, I think that song was in one of my favorite movies, Urban Cowboy. Uh, now I see uh, Rick is here, and so in a moment we're going to bring him out and ask him why he's so angry. But again, you know, tell us what you think. You can also learn more about our show by going to the wakeupmissionshow.com. We are here Monday through Thursday with Liberty Talk. We do headlines. Tomorrow on Tuesday, our Truth Tuesday subject will be Diego Island. And I want to thank my friend Gigi Clay. Uh, for encouraging me uh, to do some investigation on that. So that will be our Truth Tuesday uh, topic. And again, Melanie Davis, uh, Love Your Veterans, will be here, but she's also going to be talking to us about a gun rights event uh, that I think is going to be national, but I know that uh, she as an organizer is in Texas, so we'll be talking to her about that. And then on Wednesday, uh, my friend, Frank Alonzo, um, I met him back when I was campaigning. Uh, he's a coordinator for Campaign for Liberty, does a lot of work uh, here in Orange County, California, and he'll be coming uh, on the show. We're going to be discussing vaccines uh, here in California, and I'm telling you, what happens in California is not going to stay in California. Forced vaccines is now the reality here in California. There was rumors that I read uh, over the weekend that actually there, there was some pro-vaccine, or shall we say, let's put it in a, in a better way, big pharma advocates, uh, I'm sure paid by big pharma, infiltrated the uh, pro-liberty movement who was trying to get on the ballot uh, you know, uh, for vaccines instead of having medical tyranny, having it as choice. And allegedly uh, they threw away uh, petitions, uh, signatures, and also mysteriously I've been told that signatures and petitions that were turned in uh, just disappeared. Then I do believe that that can happen. I worked with the Jamil Shaw family. We've talked about this family before on our show, Jamil Shaw Jr., was gunned down by an illegal alien who had just been released from the California prison system. He saw Jamil Shaw Jr. By the way, Jamil Shaw Jr. was a rising high school football star who had had many uh, college scholarships, a great Christian child, and he was gunned down because of the color of his skin by this illegal alien. And uh, so I helped this family a lot gather signatures for something that was going to be called Jamil's Law. And we gathered, we gathered the enough signatures for it to be put on the ballot. And unfortunately, ballots became missing. And I remember when Althea Shaw, uh, his aunt, called me and told me that, uh, told me what had happened. And we knew. So if you don't think it can happen, it, it, it does. Ballots are thrown out all the time. Somebody who knows all about uh, this political corruption, 
is our next guest. Uh, you know, and I've known him for quite some time uh, in the uh, Liberty Movement. He's actually uh, uh, was a Minuteman, still a Minuteman. He was the director of the Chicago Minutemen. Uh, he's also a veteran, having served in the uh, Marine Corps. And he's also a writer for the Federal Observer Magazine, which you can find at federalreserver.com. He's an author, uh, angry white male, and the horse he rode in. And I love, love that title, Rick. It's so good to have you on the show. I just think you are, you're so great. And you do it with such a sense of humor. It's just so easy to love. (laughs) But Rick, hey. Thank you very much, Shalene. Good talking to you again. No, it's always great to talk to you. And my friend, uh, I first I gotta tell you this: our mutual friend uh, wanted me to say hello to you, and I think you'll know who it is. The Washington hey. Granny, the Washington Granny, wanted me to tell you hello. And uh, of course, we know her as Jackie Junty, uh, formerly of Texas, but now she's back up in Washington State. So, hello, Jackie. We love you. And uh, oh, say yeah. hi. It's my grandma. It's my granny. And uh, I think she's granny to 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 many of us, and she's always right on the money. Anyway, Rick, my friend, why are you so angry? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You you really picked a bad day to ask me that question. I mean, look at the. Oh no! Oh no! Do share. Hey, can't take the speaker of the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to 435 of these weasels over there, and they can't speak one day to represent them. I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you this question today. What the heck is going on over there? Well, we've been sold out, Shani. We've been sold out. It's uh, plain and simple. I mean, we knew that for a long time, you know. But uh, yeah, I I would uh, I would urge all the Minutemen. don't pack your bags. Rick. Rick. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what do you think is the real reason Boehner, who, by the way, I would, I would have a Freudian slip every now and then and call him Boehner. Uh, You know, I have no respect for him. What, what do you think is the real reason he uh, abruptly just retired? Well, probably for the money. You know, now he's going to be a lobbyist and make uh, more money with his influence and everything. And uh, he he just knew that he's going to have a, have a rough time uh, with the uh, handful of conservatives that they have in Congress. And, you know, who knows what kind of deals uh, this guy's cutting with Obama and uh, they goof in the, in the Senate. But I don't know. Uh, I mean, what these do guys you are actually, they're treasonous. These guys are committing treason. Yeah. If it was yeah. up to me, I'd, I'd spend lots of lampos tonight. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it is an act of treason. Uh, what do you think of this Daniel Webster? I didn't know much about him. Uh, the Freedom Caucus uh, and the House of Speakers are, in, are endorsing him. What do you know about him? Apparently he's from Florida, a Christian guy. I had never heard of him before. <laughs> I, I don't know too much about him, and I, from what I understand, he has a pretty liberal uh, voting record. Oh, he does. Yes. Well, then, well, why would the, yeah. then why in the heck would the Freedom Caucus then uh, <laughs> be supporting that guy? Well, well uh, from what I understand, he was the Speaker of the House in Florida, 
uh-huh. and uh, he got he got both parties together so they could legislate. So he's another uh, Marco Rubio, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. They, well, that's not these guys don't want patriots. They don't want guys like uh, I don't. I can't even think of one right now. Uh, uh, Duncan Hunter. You know, well, they don't know. No, 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 no. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not a fan of Duncan Hunter Jr. His dad was okay. Not, no. not a fan of Junior at all. Um, but uh, Ron well, Paul. You know more than I Ron do. Paul. Oh yeah, Ron Paul would make a great speaker uh, uh, of the house. So uh, yeah. yeah, they don't want. They don't want. A, they don't want a Ron Paul. Yeah, they don't want. They don't want a Ron but, Paul. Look, no. So who, who are, do you think? Uh, they're not paying any attention to the Constitution. They're not governing uh, within the perimeters of the Constitution. We've we've lost the country, basically. It's supposed to be a government yeah. of form by the people. These guys sold us out. It's a government of the highest bidder. You yeah, know, who knows I what kind of deal agree. this moron is cutting with uh, with Iran for Christ's sake? These guys uh, are actually yeah. making a deal with with our enemy with a nuclear weapon that could uh, annihilate the country. Yes. And these morons yes. are clapping their hands like train seals and going along with the program. The only thing I could see is uh, that uh, these congressmen are being blackmailed, you know. Yeah, you the, know, uh, I've, I've wondered. I've wondered. We, you know, there's uh, many films like Eyes Wide, you know, Shut or Open, whatever whatever it is. Right. Uh, you know, there's been many uh, documentaries in, in addition, uh, CFR, Bilderberg's Club Rome. Uh, we just learned about another one, uh, Opus or something like that, to that effect. And, and you know, so it's it's out there. Um, and they're, you know, they're, we hate to say it, but they're, 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 they're orgies. I mean, there's no other way to say it. They're blackmailing yeah. the Bohemian Grove. I think, you know, they've right. got to have something on some of these people because otherwise, you know, the justices, for example, Robert, <laughs> dear God. You know, something has had to have happened for them to just flip and go the opposite direction of what they campaigned or believed in uh, before. Your thoughts? Yeah. Well, uh, that's one thing what Roberts did, but why didn't anybody uh, call him on it with, right. you know, with Obama? This, this right. guy, he, he invented a lot of thin air just to pass the bill. Why didn't anybody call him on it? Because that's not what these guys were supposed to be doing. There's nine of them. There's nine right. judges. Let's say five of them are, uh, you know, in Obama's pocket. Uh, right. Uh, what about these other judges? Why didn't they do anything? Right, right, right. Or when he went behind closed doors to give Obama allegedly the second oath. Why behind closed doors? Yeah. What happened? You know, a lot, a lot of questions. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. honestly. So, what about well, Donald Trump? Uh do you think I love that guy? I do too. I love I, you know what? <laughs> I love him my, too, as you know. <laughs> yeah, you know I love him too. But there was something that came out disturbing. My friend Lee Golden uh, posted it on uh, Facebook today, uh, and there's uh, there, there's this you know the Illuminati, uh, whatever you want to call them, the New World Order elite. They're, they're Luciferian. They practice Satanism, and allegedly. Yeah. Th- there's like some sort of Illuminati card, terror card, whatever it is that they use that showed a a pretty striking similarity to Donald Trump when he's got his mouth open speaking 
and with uh, <laughs> like it's with a dagger through him, and 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 so people are saying, you know, which is what we've been saying on the show, his safety. You know how far? I mean, they didn't let Bobby Kennedy. He was a very popular candidate. He didn't get very far. We know what happened to his brother in, in you know the Oval Office. They got the wrong they one. Attempted, they should have got Teddy, right. Teddy first. Right. What they did to you know Ronald Reagan. Uh, do you think he's going to get past this guard and be able to get in there and make a difference? Uh, yeah, I, I do. If he gets in there, I do. But that's the trick. You got to get in there. You know. Yeah. He has to get in there, and uh, there's too many guys that he's going to be stepping on a lot of toes because these deals are already made. You know, whatever's going on, he messed up everybody's soul by entering the race. Deals are already made. I mean, everything in this country is done by design, and you can't tell me any different. Obama could have been voted out of office after his first term. I can't see anybody in their right mind. Who would vote for this guy for a second term after the damage that he did in his first term? So we know that the elections were fixed, especially in places like Cleveland. They're turning in 105% of the voting districts, 105%. I mean, what is that, new math? You know. Right. Well, and not just with Obama. I mean, Bush's second term, too. We could challenge that as well with the chads, the hanging chads. I mean, I think you're you're absolutely right. Uh, I don't think we we are the ones who elect them. They're selected. They make it. It's an illusion. Um, and right. you've got to get past the delegate process, which I don't think they're going to let uh, Trump get past. I don't know if you saw the headlines, but Ted Cruz is now declaring that uh, Trump will not get in and that he's going to take all of his supporters. Did you see that? Uh, no, I didn't see it, but I caught uh, I caught a, a uh, recorded interview of uh, Andrew Wilkow. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but he interviewed uh, Donald Trump Friday, and they were discussing that. And Donald didn't think too much of it. He said, "Well, what is the guy going to say? He's running for uh, for the presidency, you know." He says, "Well, he, say something. well, Ted Cruz I, is, not, I, is not I, is not even eligible." I don't see how Cruz is eligible, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, Cruz and uh, Rubio, really, right. You know, their parents, right. their, their parents were born, his parents were born in Cuba, and uh, Cruz's father was uh, a Cuban, and he was born in Canada, actually. He just uh, he got naturalized. I didn't think a naturalized citizen could run for the presidency. Well, it don't right. matter you know. now. I mean, look who we got sitting well, in the office, Oval Office now. Yeah, well, what, what I would like to know is, what is this information that uh, Sheriff Joe said, man? You know? guy's been fun yeah. over there for the last couple of years sitting on all this information. He's supposed to have all this uh, wonderful information that will, uh, you know, lack Obama up, and he's just sitting on it. Well, it. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know, I've met Sheriff Joe a number of times. We have mutual friends. I think he's a great guy. Yeah. But, you know, since yeah, he I announced like that, he I like had, him, but, you know. yeah, that, that he had all this information, look at the legal trouble he's been in. I mean, the Oval Office has been after him. And, um, well, you know, we don't know what kind of threats have been made. And, uh, you know, so, you know, and look at uh, look at uh, Andrew Breitbart. Uh, Andrew Breitbart yeah. said he had uh, information that was going to come out that would stop uh, his career. And, um, and, and he yeah, the dead. next day. Yeah, the, 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 the very next day. He that information the next day, and then he got popped. Yep. 
Yep, yep, exactly. And uh, like so, you know. Yeah, so, so something something definitely uh, happened. Even his his uh, his father in law, uh, Orson Bean, an actor that you know some oh, yeah. well renowned. Yes, yeah, his father in law, and he even came out and questioned it. He said that that there was nothing wrong with his heart. This shouldn't have happened. He had just been at the local pub eating dinner and having a glass of wine and was doing a, you know, leisurely walk on the way home. He said he, he didn't buy it either. So, uh, you yep. know, and of course the autopsy afterwards, we never heard anything, you know, they, Oh yeah. Yeah. What we said didn't was true. Uh-uh. Didn't the doctor that performed the autopsy on him, uh, get poisoned or something? Yeah. 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 Yep, yep, exactly. So, yeah, you're right about that. So, a lot of yeah. a, a lot of questions there. Do you think that we can turn this country around, or is it just just it's too late? You know what? I I hate I hate to say no. I'm a former Marine. I hate to say no, but uh, it's going to be rough, and uh, I, I I'm going to hang in there till the end, and uh, I don't have nowhere else to go. You know, I'm not right. going to Kenya. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna uh, hang in there no matter what it takes. You know, that's why I say don't don't unpack your bags yet. You know, you never know. Right. Right. Well, and Rick, might, as you know, it's going to be something that's really not our doing. Look at all this stuff going on around the country right now. I was just uh, watching TV a little while ago, and uh, some uh, uh, restaurant with uh, policeman because he had his gun on. You know, an Olive Garden, an Olive Garden restaurant. He uh, he went in there to eat, and they wouldn't serve him because he had a gun on. He was in full uniform. These people are going nuts. Yeah, they really are. I was going to ask you about the, this whole uh, movement on, on guns, and they obviously have molded the minds of a lot of individuals who bought into the propaganda and think that, you know, they don't look, you know, and I've said this before, guns are an inanimate object. An inanimate object cannot get right. up on its own, <laughs> you know. So it's not the yep. gun that kills. It's the person behind the trigger. And that, of course, is not being spoken about. It's being overlooked. Uh, obviously, there's an agenda, the same agenda Hitler had. Exactly, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I picked up on something a couple of months ago. You had it on Facebook where, you know, you call these guys a zombie shooter or something. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I picked up on this several years ago after Columbine. Yeah. And the week that these kids at Columbine shut their school up, there was some uh, gun legislation going down that didn't pass, you know. And all of a sudden, right. they had the act. Then there was some more gun legislation about six months after that. And uh, it was a repeat at some it was a smaller event. There's some school, I believe it was either in Tennessee or Kentucky. It was the same thing. Some kids shot the place up. But it seems like every time there's some gun legislation or something going on in Congress where a, a, a important vote is coming up, they release one of these little morons, and, uh, you know, he goes he goes out and starts shooting up the place. And the guys that are shooting these places up really don't look like gunmen. You know, they look like they're all drugged up and uh, half insane, you know. Uh, they look like the little maniacal little masters, you know. And so, what's really interesting I, is that a lot of them also, when people overlook this fact, either have connections to the military or to politicians. Um, you know, I think uh, the guy in Arizona, his mother 
uh, was a politician and he was, a, you know, he was a communist. And then uh, this last guy in Oregon, uh, of course, was in the army and he got kicked out. There's a rumor yeah. and, and a lot of photos. There's a lot. There's actually a lot of, you know, interesting, you know, which could be evidence that the uh-huh. uh, South Carolina uh, killer uh, was a former Marine. And there is some photos that, you know, I, you know, again, uh, they don't give us this kind of information. These are things that we have to go uh-huh. look up. And people could easily say Photoshop, but each and every single one of them have some sort of strange connection. Uh, The one guy here in California, his parents were in the movie industry and not just anybody, you know, some renowned. So you've got to wonder, you know, uh, what truly is it? MK Ultra? Uh, What what, is PSYOP? What what do you think? You know what? It, It appears to be that way. You know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> if somebody's after if you're paranoid and somebody's after you, it's not because you're paranoid, you know. Right, uh, right. Another, another interesting shooting was a guy in Arizona that shot uh, Congressman Giffords. Right, he was actually right. a student. Uh, uh, he was a student of Obama's in Bill Ayers. They had a small school projects going. And this guy That's attended right. school in uh, Colorado, I believe, at one of their uh, small school projects. And here Obama is giving a speech in Arizona and quoting scripture. And here the shooter who was one of his former students. But he never uh, all... expounded on that. Yeah, what's also interesting about that was that the, uh, the judge in the uh, case with Sheriff Richard Mack who, you know, uh, was Sheriff Richard Mack versus Clinton, and he won. The, the judge that presided over us was there, was killed, and, of course, nobody talked about that. That was also very interesting. Like, why was, you know, oh, why was the he judge? there? Yeah, that was the judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, I was... Yeah, a lot of people I, think that he was the main target. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, a lot In fact, of people I was, think that he was the main, main target because, uh, you know, because of his involvement in that case. Yeah, I actually was with Sheriff Richard Mack when we got the news. Uh, the shooting had just occurred, and and he heard about it, and you know he got he got choked up, you know, and uh, yeah. we were both speaking at an event that day. I remember it very vividly. Uh, so, what about this Glock boy, <laughs> or should, uh, Clock boy? <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I, I kind of a Freudian slip because I think there's more to it. But you wrote an article about yeah. the clock boy, and now yeah, it's really interesting. Boy. Yeah, now that all the facts have come out, the media and Obama suddenly silent. Well, he he made that. Uh, he says he created a bomb for for his science class. Well, not a bomb, but a clock. Actually, uh, it, it was just an old alarm clock that he put in a case, and he, he wired it up with a lot of wires to make it look like a farm. The wires really weren't relevant to anything. The The only thing that was relevant about it is that it looked like a farm. And he took it through five or six, I think, five classes. I mean, six classes, the uh, teacher questioned him. He asked what was in there, and he says, oh, this is a clock I made for my science class. And the teacher got scared, called the principal. They called the police, had the kid arrested for Against a law to have a device like that, uh, or to uh, uh, threaten anybody with uh, with a device that looks like a bomb. So the wind up is this kid's father ran for the presidency of uh, Sudan twice, 
to Muslim. And uh, there's there's a deal with uh, with Care. They're trying to push uh, they're trying to push Sharia law, and they're trying to uh, to quiet the people against Muslims. And, and actually, it's uh, basis for a lawsuit is uh, is what it is. Do you think, Rick, that this was a planned test by any yeah. chance? Yeah, it was a planned test. Right. Right. Yeah, the and then his the, sister, and his sister did a similar thing like the year before. She called in a bomb threat to one of the schools. She got yeah. in trouble. So and do they, you think they were almost uh, they were represented by the attorneys from Kerry immediately? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So do you think we as Americans failed the test? Well, sure. Yeah. 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 The political you, political correctness is uh, suicidal. It's going to kill us. Yeah, I don't I, understand I, why uh, so many people are tolerant of it. Yeah, I that's why I, that's why well, I like Donald Trump. Though, you know. Yeah, well, we don't either. But you know what? I like to remind the listeners. Uh, you know, we do a segment every Thursday. Uh, we call it Tree of Liberty Thursday. We're trying to educate people on what true liberty is because you know, obviously, they're not getting educated in school. They're being brainwashed with communism. Uh, but you know, it, the the colonists uh, endured a, a century of tyranny, and then after a century, there was some murmuring in the founding fathers, like John Adams. There was a there was a, a, a pastor of some renown and Mayhew, and there was starting to be some buzz about we need to do something. And this was in the 1950s. Um, it still took a couple of decades. Uh, before uh, the revolution, so there's still hope. Your thoughts? Yeah, there, like I say, there's hope, but uh, we have to get uh, <laughs> abolish this political correctness, and you know, to to fight. We just another thing too was only like three percent of our population they've got involved in the revolution. So right, right. There's yeah, not which a lot of patriots incurred. right now, but if we band together and start uh, organizing. Well, I think it's, it's it's encouraging when you see polls that w- say that half the country believes that the government's too big. So I think that we yeah. have. I actually think we have more than three percent. I I think we have critical mass if we if we got down to it. We just have to organize and get out there because that's certainly what yeah, the well, status did to take our country. Right. The other problem is that the other half of the country are uh, they're getting entitlements. You know, they're living for free. Yeah, but uh, I think education, you know, education and a good economy can change all that. I, you know, we just, you know, people are being brainwashed. What's scary to me, Rick, I don't know about you, uh, even though there's some encouraging poll numbers, uh, the poll numbers, though, of Bernie Sanders, he won New Hampshire uh, last week over Hillary. I knew we had a lot of socialists and communists in this country, but I didn't know that many. Yeah, it's it's coming mostly from the younger generation, from the kids, these uh, communist uh, professors in academe. You know, it's, uh, they've been spreading their garbage for years. You know, these are the guys we got to get rid. I, I don't understand why we uh, we allow these guys uh, tenure, just get rid of them. You know, there, well, there used to be such a thing as as an enemy of the state. Mm-hmm. Yet, uh, <laughs> most of these guys running around that daily basis. <laughs> 
<laughs> going in and out of government buildings. <laughs> they're all enemies of the state, yet they're still walking amongst us, you know? I don't get it. Well, you make a very valid point, Rick. Uh, you know, just uh, four decades ago, really hasn't been that long ago, or maybe three decades, uh, three, four decades, uh, the Weather Underground. They were the enemies oh, yeah. uh, of the state, and they were arrested. Now they're running the country. And now, just like Randy pointed out, we are considered the enemies of the state. And that happened in a short amount of time. Yeah. Well, you know, Bill Ayers was uh, responsible for uh, running Obama for uh, for office as the Illinois senator. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. He, he set him up. Bill Ayers and his wife, Bernadine Dorn, who was wanted for you know, from the police for years. And uh, actually, Bill Ayers' father was a very wealthy uh, executive from Commonwealth Edison in, in, uh, in the Illinois area. And uh, he, he got uh, Bill, when they got arrested uh, for blowing things up, he, he got Bill and uh, Bernadine Dorn off using his political clout. And uh, then he got him jobs at, at the universities. So Bill Ayers came yeah. out with a statement saying, well, we're going to stop working. We're going to have to change our tactics. And instead of blowing things up, we're going to have to do it through educating the uh, the young masses at academe. And they went on to uh, become college professors. Well, because they and knew. And I started. think they started reading the founding fathers. They knew what mantra the founding fathers said. Yeah. And so they said, hey, we're going to use those same tactics. And, of course, Sololinsky's Rules for Radicals, which, you know, we've, Right. He learned on the show here not too long ago. Uh, he dedicated his book. He dedicated his rules to Lucifer. And, of course, Karl yeah. Marx wrote love poems to Satan. Uh, so, you know, that's, that, you know, so, uh, you know, they, they use those, you know, we know who they who they worship, uh, but they're using those rules and they're and they're and they're using the words of the founding fathers against us. Uh, right. Because certainly they said to train education was key, and you had to tra- train people up in in you know in the in liberty. So, mm-hmm. and they do it through language. They do it, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I enjoyed very much. It's very well written. Your articles are very well written. Again, thefederalobserver.com. dot com. Just look up Rick Basita. Uh, your last article was, you know, related to the to the Million Man March, uh, right. and and uh, you know what? I had to give I, these I, guys I, a little credit, you know, because they've been good boys for the last twenty years. So I just wanted to <laughs> let everybody know what they were up to for the last since the first march, you know. Well, that's why I was okay. uh, asking. Well, you know what's interesting? First of all, I don't know if you heard the numbers. That's why they didn't report it as much as yeah. I think that they had to downplay it because the numbers were underwhelming. I think they thought with the yeah, Black right. Lives Matter movement that they could get everybody get get everybody out there, but it, it was underwhelming numbers. Why? Why do we today have this racial tension in our country? I, I really I don't understand it. Why? I wasn't here during the civil rights, so I haven't seen. The country, you know, you know, change or transform over all these years. But certainly from the 80s till now, I I just can't believe where we are today. Uh, It seems like we've gone backwards. Why have we gone backwards? Why do we have these 
racial tensions when our country was doing really well? Well, you know what? Actually, we're, we got to the point where everybody seemed to be living in harmony, I would say, during the 80s. Yeah. And, uh, now now yeah. it seems like it's taking a, a turn uh, for the worse. And since Obama yeah. got in, that's brutal. I mean, this guy's yeah. a real antagonist, you know? He was that way in yeah. Chicago, and he's that way now. You know, there's really no difference in his uh, governing style. Uh, of course, when he was a state senator, he really never did anything. He didn't do anything except uh, run rush out over uh, over the uh, hospital planning board where they uh, got rid of a couple of members, and he put one of his buddies in charge, and, and they ran an extortion ring out of there. And right after yeah. that, his wife got a $316,000 a year gross job working for the University of Illinois Hospital. And then uh, then these guys got indicted, and Michelle quit her job. She says, oh, i got to go work on my husband's campaign. You know, he needs me. Because <laughs> she, she didn't want no part of that dirty money, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what he did as a uh, Illinois senator. He was in charge of uh, health and human services and uh he 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 uh, cast this uh, this bill for his buddy to get the couple guys knocked off of the uh, hospital planning board, so uh, this guy Stuart Levine could uh, run it. And yeah, it's a very wow. corrupt city. Well, that doesn't that's... surprise me. You were talking about losing uh, ballots before during Bush's election. They lost like a hundred thousand ballots in the uh, in the suburbs for Bush. You know. I just, I don't understand. I mean, you're right. I mean, we have the great divider. I mean, let's just face it. Uh, But I I don't understand it. If this was in the 30s, the 40s, uh, you know, okay, I'm sorry. I don't think anybody has to use a different bathroom than somebody else. It's disgusting. Uh, You know, it's a stain on history. But we don't do that today. And look, I wasn't alive during that time. I know my yeah. parents were, but they didn't support that. So, so I, I the, all the strides that have been made, Martin Luther King in his brilliant speeches, he unified this country. And so how did we go from Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement uh, to, as you, you know, so eloquently noted, it was very harmonious in the 80s. Uh, to where we are today. I mean, how how is it that we've gone backwards? Well, it just seems like uh, we've, we've lost our way. We've lost our morals. And it's not only that with the blacks, but just take a look at the politicians. You know, we yeah. don't have any more statesmen uh, uh, serving us anymore. We have a bunch of weasels. So, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. it rots. The country's rotting from the head all the way down. you got to piece of crap for a president and you know it goes all the way down and these people let's face it at least back in the 60s and 70s i experienced actually in vietnam we we had race riots over there back in the uh in the 60s and uh you know you went to the head what we call the head the washroom you have to go in an armed guard in some places you know but it seems Mm -hmm. like during the late 70s and 80s things were getting better Guys were coming out of the service. We had jobs. People were working together. You know, like I say, we had a harmonious relationship. And now it just seems like you got too many one-parent families out there. You got all these kids running the wild, running wild in the streets. Their mothers are out uh, either whoring or doing drugs. You know, there's no supervision for these children. There's uh, no discipline. And 
that's it's the basis of it, you know. Yeah, immorality. You know, I'm, I'm not yeah. only saying the blacks, but I mean, let's face it, you got a lot of a lot of the minorities are this way, and there's a, there's also a lot of whites in, the, in yeah. the same position. But it just just seems like it's the blacks. And one thing about the blacks, they always got a, a chip on their shoulder. You know, no matter what you do, they got a chip on their shoulder. I got a trucking business. I got blacks working for me. You know, they're nice guys. I like them and everything, but they got an attitude. I I don't know why. Well, I, I just want to say some. I don't, I definitely don't think all I've got many friends in the black community like Ted Hayes, who we both love, who don't have <laughs> any, any, any chips on their shoulder. Uh, but I, I have a know. question. No, we I love. Oh God, I love Ted. Uh, oh, but anyway, uh, how was? And I maybe you can answer this. How in the world could Martin Luther King have been friends with Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson? I, 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 how? <laughs> they seem like such different men. <laughs> I, you know what, Shalene, uh, to tell you the truth, uh, I have to take a pass on that because a lot of things that I read about Martin Luther King, this guy was no angel either, you know. Oh, uh, really? I don't know. Really? I, I, yeah. Okay. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't know how to answer that, but, I mean, let's face it, Bill Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, they're, they're out for themselves. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're being Jackson, paid by George Soros. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now they are, but I mean, before that, uh, Jesse Jackson ran out, ran around intimidating people. You know, I know a couple of guys that were uh, protesting with him when they, they were protesting a Budweiser uh, company in Chicago, and uh, they were protesting for a couple of days. Jesse Jackson went in. He said, "Well, I'm going to negotiate with these people." He was going for about an hour. He come out, told everybody to go home. He said, "What yeah. did he get?" He said, "Don't worry about it. It's over." Well, the windup was his son wanted. They were protesting because the blacks that worked there were they weren't uh, getting good pay. They were getting low mm. wages. Mm-hmm. He came out. His kids got their brewery. His two sons wound up with the brewery, and they paid the help less than what these guys were protesting against. Mm. So that's Jesse Jackson for you. Wow, yeah. paying them less. Oh my goodness, that's uh, you know they're when he's out less, there yeah. saying he's for the people. And he's paying right. them less. Wow. The guy that told me this story was the head of uh, one of the black organizations in uh, the Chicago suburb. Uh, the head of, wow. Uh, he was the head of the uh, NWACP in uh, Proviso Township. Oh, fantastic. So he was, uh, you know, he, he, he wasn't lying, you know. Right. He was telling the truth. Uh, so I'm, I'm asking you this question because of one of your uh, uh, articles, Bushes to Blame. So it's been seven years, and as recently as even a couple of weeks ago, I was reading on some under some comment, under some headline, and uh, there were people still blaming Bush. Um, I wasn't a fan of George Bush either, but it's been seven years. So yeah. um, are we going to see the same uh, do you think that uh, we will see seven years of people blaming Obama? Uh, do you think that the, the same standards apply? Yeah, you can hear that for 100 years, the same as this guy did. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what, you know what I mean. I mean jobs. You, know, you know we're you, not going to hear it. This guy, he's inept. He, he can't govern. He don't know what he's doing, and that's why you're hearing these stories. Whether it was Bush or, or uh, Clinton or anybody else, uh, Ronald Reagan or Harry Truman. It would be getting the yeah. blame because the, this guy's incompetent. 
Well, I think that that's the that's the whole point. I mean, the the Obama, Clinton, uh, yeah, Bush, they didn't run the country anyway. I mean, the 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 people that they work for are the ones running it. Yeah. And I some would would even argue that Valerie Jarrett is the one you know running uh, the country. I, I would say that today. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would say that uh, that she is running the country. And she in Chicago, she was a slum landlord. Mm. Oh, she tell got, us she about got that. Involved in politics. Yeah, she got involved in politics years ago, and she never, she wasn't the, uh, like the chief executive. She always had a more or less like a subcontractor role, and uh, these uh, contractors would get, uh, they would get government money to fix up dilapidated buildings, and uh, she would come in as a subcontractor. What they do, they'd renovate one or two apartments. They keep the money, and that would be the end of the job. And they built the uh, government out of millions of dollars. Nothing ever happened to these people. That's the way wow. she was uh, making her living. There's a slum landlord. Now, there's yeah. a section of land in Chicago. That they were counting on, uh, on the Olympics. you remember that a couple of years back? They, yeah. They wanted to uh, hold the Olympics uh, in Chicago. Right, right. bunch of land that Jarrett was involved in. That uh, actually, the, they sold back to uh, the, the government seized the land. The city bought it back for like ten cents on the dollar. So I don't know how many acres. It was like a pretty good sized chunk of land. Their intentions were to build the Olympic Village on that land, get, make millions of dollars by building the Olympic Village for for the Olympics, and then afterwards sell it and redevelop it and make another billion dollar killing. But that deal fell through. And a couple bodies started turning up on the streets. One guy was, uh, they found him in the Chicago River, one of the people involved in that deal. Wow. But that was uh, yeah. one of the Jarrett's deals. And well, uh, she, you know, people were all hooked up. Uh, Delry Jarrett and uh, Michelle Obama they all, and, and uh, Barack Obama, they all worked for the same law firm. And uh, oh, Delry Jarrett got I, hooked up. I did not There's know that about there. Valerie. Yeah. There's a big connection there. Actually, Valerie Jarrett's father-in-law, Vernon Jarrett, was uh, a partner of uh, Frank Marshall Davis, the guy that a lot of people oh. claim is Obama's father. And they worked together uh, on the Chicago Defender newspaper. And uh, this guy, Frank Marshall Davis, was a pedophile. He got involved with uh, having sex with some young girl. So they ran him out of town. He fled, he, and that's when he went to Hawaii. I don't uh, think huh? Hawaii was time, so he had to leave uh, the country, and that's why he uh, settled in Hawaii. But uh, that was Valerie Jarrett's father-in-law's partner at the wow. and they were both wow. You know, well, Frank Marshall Davis was a communist. communist, and Vernon Jarrett right. was they claimed he was a communist, but uh, they didn't go that far, you know. But uh, he was a rabble rouser, and he was an arch enemy of the original Mayor Daley, the old man. And Daly always made sure that this guy was taken care of. Uh, he gave him uh, good jobs, like with the Chicago Tribune and different organizations, kind of keep the guy quiet, you know. Well, he so was, they the were just communists, uh, also radical Islam. Uh, I mean, let's just face it. So the pedophilia, I mean, isn't that just part of the re- part of the religion? Yeah, that's what I understand. You know, I, I don't, I'm not really that familiar with it, but... Uh, that's what's coming out right now. A lot of these uh, servicemen in Afghanistan are claiming that uh, the Afghan soldiers were raping a lot of boys and everything. 
Oh, but this God. Frank Marshall Davis, the guy was a freak. I, I, I wouldn't say he was exactly uh, involved in pedophilia because he had a, he used to take a lot of pictures, kind of of a hobby of his was taking uh, nude pictures of women, girls, you know. To matter of fact, he took a bunch of pictures floating around of Obama's mother. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say there's a lot of internet. photos. Yeah, I've seen yeah, a few. They, they pretty, pretty racy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, attractive woman, but wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's get to your book, The Angry White Male and the Horse He Rode In. Yeah. <laughs> you can purchase a copy by going to our store at the Wake Up Mission uh, Show dot com. So, uh, my oh, friend, really? yeah. So, my friend, did uh, Hillary Clinton? like your book. <laughs> Have you sent her a signed copy? I sent her a copy, copy and uh, I didn't hear anything. Thanks for the memories. I'll tell you, you uh, a very interesting thing happened to me. Uh-huh. The, the, uh, the day my, well, not the day, but the week my book came out, uh, I walked out of my house. It was on a, a Sunday morning. It was snowing out. And it, I had, I, at the time, I had an old El Camino uh, for a work car. And I'm walking out to the car, and I seen something yellow in the in the grill, stuck in the grill, you know. And uh, you know, I said, "Nah, a piece of what? Can't be a piece of paper. It's snowing on." And I looked, and it was a a canary, a dead canary. <laughs> wow! <laughs> somebody stuck a dead canary in my grill. So. Wow. So. Yeah. Well, you know, with all I ever heard other than the IRS audit about a year after that. Yeah, there are all the stories of the Clintons and the path that they uh, leave of mysteriously missing and dead bodies. Uh, you got lucky yeah. with just a canary. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they killed me over here. So or, do you think... Uh, yeah, do you think uh, do you think that the Bilderbergs and company, and Opus Day, thank you very much for that, Randy. Do you think that these groups have selected Hillary? Uh, to reign uh, the reign of terror for the next eight years, or do you think they've selected Cruz or Rubio or Bush? You know, I I, I don't know. I would probably say Bush. You know. Yeah. I don't yeah. See how they? I would I would have normally said uh, Hillary, but uh, being that Obama beat her out the last time, it's like these people are uh, they're done with her. They're done with the Clintons. You know. This fool's running yeah. around making all kinds of money. I guess they're happy. You know, she's uh, extorting. Uh, she was extorting uh, all these sheets and everything to give this guy hundreds of thousand dollars for speeches. I mean, give me a break. $750,000 to give a half-hour speech or an hour speech. Right. Uh, well, she's declining my, in the my, polls. My grand, yeah, my granddaughter went to Tulane, and she graduated a couple of years ago, and uh, – Bush and uh, Bill Clinton were the uh, the speakers, keynote speakers. How oh, dear God! I, I had to walk out. I wanted. I wanted to. <laughs> I, was, I had a pop. <laughs> I was ready to beat him on the head with my pop bottle. My wife grabbed my arm. I, I had to walk out and have a cigarette. I couldn't take it. This guy walks well, in there with his uh, gown on, <laughs> his moron. <laughs> well, was your granddaughter <laughs> in? The... <laughs> I, I, I didn't your... want to embarrass the kid, you know. 
Right. Was your granddaughter indoctrinated by the university system, or is she a patriot like you? Well, you know what? It's a little combination of both, you know. Mm. Unfortunately, these kids go to school, you try to do everything to uh, teach them the right way in life, and, and they come back and they, they have a different view, and then you got to sit them down and have a hard hour talk with them, and, they, you know. Mm. I don't know. No idea. Mm. Oh, dear God. Well, let's hope. She landed a job. She landed a job working for a uh, conservative, uh, not a conservative, but a neo-kind of Republican running for uh, for the state uh, Senate. And she, she mm. was a liberal. You know, these guys don't know the difference. That's what I mean. You got a bunch of morons. Oh, God. They didn't know the difference. And okay. not only that, she was in charge of his finances, you know. So it, mm. it turned out that uh, the guy was a very wealthy man, and he wasn't paying his help right or anything. All the money, these guys that run for office, they got a lot of money. They don't want to pay their help any money, you know. So she finally mm. she wound up quitting, and uh, now she's uh, she's working at a school. She's in a uh, like an administrator at the at the school that she went to in Wisconsin. And, uh, so well, she's happy there. Well, that's that's good. Uh, you know, they uh, having been a Minuteman, doesn't it just disgust you? All these years ago, when we were all going to the border, rallying in the streets, getting public opinion, because remember when we started doing this, Rick, the public were not on our side. Now the public's on no. our side, but the borders are more wide open than ever before. We've got all these refugees and illegal aliens here. I mean, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this, Rick? Well, my thoughts are what we've been trying to do for the last ten or twenty years. Donald Trump come along and did it in ten minutes. You know? Yeah, unbelievable yeah. what this guy started. Nobody would talk yeah. about it before, right? I mean, every the weekends we used to go out every weekend for the border patrol yep. agents and, and yep. all kinds of unemployment weather and everything else for these poor guys that never yep. should have been serving one day. And, uh, right. You know, we, we did get some support from the people. I, I don't know about you guys in Chicago. We managed to keep some of the uh, legislation down. Mm. We, uh, we we made our bones in, uh, uh, what the hell, I can't think of the name, Hobart, not Hobart, Indiana, some some little Indiana town on the outskirts of uh, Illinois and uh, outside of uh, Calumet City, uh, a uh-huh. bank over there. They were giving loans to illegal aliens at uh, cheap rates, and uh, we protested over there. We got jumped. And uh, uh, the jump was right in front of the cameraman from the Indiana Herald, and he took pictures of everything, and the people were irate, and it, it caused the uh, bank to uh, rescind their policy, and they stopped giving loans to illegal. This guy mm-hmm. hit me on the ground, and the guy kicked me in the face. As a matter of fact, the picture that you got on your website, is, I, I was looking up. I had to, it, That happened right after the fight. I, yeah. I was mm-hmm. frustrated yeah. in the picture, but that's because I got a cut on my eye, you know. Yeah, I remember eye. that. And a friend of mine was—he he was trying to pull these guys off me. And uh, in the picture that came out in the in the Indiana Herald was a, a guy holding him. He had a hooded coat on. It was in the wintertime. Guy was holding mm. him by his hood, and another guy was winding up to hit him in the back of the head. And these guys were standing on an American flag. So uh, there was a lot of patriotic wow. people living in Indiana when that uh, picture came out the next day on a Sunday morning. Monday, the, the phones were ringing at the bank, and they uh, they rescinded that uh, bank policy. So this mm. is where we got mm. our reputation. We're the only Minuteman project that uh, rescinded a 
illegal alien uh, bank policy. Hey, uh, it was rough. Good about that. It was rough time. <laughs> I gotta, rough time. Yeah. It was worth it. It was worth the crack in the head, you know. Uh, yeah. We accomplished something. Right, we did. But you know we what? Did. It was good, and the, and the people we had a lot of fun. All these people together and everything. A lot of good people. Yeah. A lot of good people I met uh, in Arizona from California. It seemed like most of the people down at uh, at that uh, it was a uh, like a Bible college. They were from yeah. California. My buddy and uh, Lupe down there and uh, Lupe Moreno. There's Carl Braun, who I I just love Carl Braun. There's Barbara Coe, of course. There's just so many, you know. God bless her yeah. uh, up in heaven. Penny so Magnolo, many great, great people. Who? Yeah, a lot of a lot of good people. Penny. Magnolo. Oh, Penny McDonough. Oh, I loved her. Oh, Penny was. Oh, I loved she, Penny. She climbed up on a very high flagpole, pulled down a flag, a Mexican flag, uh, back <laughs> yep. in L.A. when she got back. I remember yep, that. I, yeah, as yes, a matter of fact, I, I had that. her. When I had a radio show in Chicago, she came down. Her and Gail came down when uh, they went to uh, uh, D.C. Right, right. I, re- I remember that. And, yeah, they, they went across the country. Right, right after, home. Uh, yeah, after the rumble at the ranch. Right, they went across yes. the country, and then they on the way back yeah. they stopped off and. Uh, they uh, stopped off at my radio show. We did a little radio, and then went out yep. for dinner. And then uh, we took them to uh, Senator Durbin's office the next day, but that little weasel wasn't around. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we we had a pretty good time. Yeah, I remember but, that because I remember her. You know, tell you know because I would get emails from them and and how much they loved the trip and and what they did. Fantastic times, of course. Fairs, hold your feet to the fire in D.C. Every year was right. also. Always a good time. Right, and, right. Uh, helping Ramos and Campion uh, and their families uh, was also, you know, well, well rewarding. Well, uh, Rick, we're we're winding down here. Uh, any final words that uh, you would like to say? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I don't know if Ted Hayes listens to your program or not, but he's a good he does. Friend of mine he does and, sometimes. Uh, well, I just want to remind him about. Uh, we got thrown out of the Edinburgh uh, Church where they uh, oh, had the right. Arleano. Yes. I mean, I got thrown out of a lot of bars in my life, but I never got thrown out of a church. And they I threw remember me that. Out of that he church. called never me. Forget it. He <laughs> called me. I was on the phone with him. Right? He, he called me. He said, you're not going to believe this, but me and Rick and the Chicago Minutemen just got kicked out of a church. <laughs> so I remember that yeah. very, very well. Rick, you are well, a great patriot. I thank you for your service in the military, your continued service. Your columns are absolutely spot on. Um, and well, I don't think you you're so much. angry. You're <laughs> <laughs> more no, frustrated. Change my, my disposition. So, listen, you guys <laughs> take care of yourselves over there. I appreciate you coming on for a few minutes. And, uh, I hope you're up for office again. You're, you're the uh, person you, that we need in public office. Amen, Donald Trump. Well, thank you, Rick, and you have a great day. A great evening All now. All right, take care. We'll talk to you later. All right, All right bye-bye. 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 So that was Rick Basita. You can get his book again on our website. Just go to our store, thewakeupmissionshow.com, and look up for the uh, Rick Basita Angry White Male book. Uh, That's all the time we have today. We hope you liked our new segment, the sports segment. 
And uh, May Day Monday headlines again tomorrow, Truth Tuesday, Diego Island and Melanie Davis. Until then, everybody, have a great evening and happy Columbus Day. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for spending your time with us on the Wake Up Mission Show. The AT&T plan with unlimited data for DirecTV and AT&T Wireless customers gives you more of what you want. Get unlimited data when you have AT&T Wireless and DirecTV. AT&T, mobilizing your world. Must have eligible TV service. If not eligible, AT&T will move you to a new plan and overage charges may apply. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. TV content varies by device, location, and package. Coverage not available everywhere. Monthly charges, usage, and other restrictions apply. See store for plan details.